The Church Media Podcast, episode 193, Strategy First Communications with Ryan Hulk. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from the best minds in ministry and Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Church Media Podcast. This week's episode of the show is sponsored by our friends at Subsplash. Subsplash is the award-winning leader in church engagement tools, helping thousands of churches around the world expand their reach and engage their communities through world-class technology. With the power of the ultimate engagement platform, you can create your own app and website and fuel your mission with Subsplash Giving. With Subsplash, you can request a demo and learn more at subsplash.com. That's subsplash.com. Check those guys out. They're the best. This week on the show, I welcome Ryan Hulk, who is the founder of Graphics.Church and Rad Ideas. Graphics.Church is the ministry side, and Rad Ideas is the nonprofit and corporate side of his work. We're going to jump right into my interview with Ryan, as this week we're going to be talking about why you should think through your strategy first before you communicate anything to your church body. My interview with Ryan is right after this. You have an audience, a community who you want to engage. You're using Facebook, Twitter, video, audio, and putting on live events. It's time to bring it all together in one place, your own branded mobile app. Think of your app as a home base for your community, the one place where they can access all of your content within seconds. You become part of their daily routine, their morning cup of coffee, their commute, their workout. People spend upwards of three hours a day using apps on their smartphones and tablets, and a staggering 89% of mobile media is consumed through apps. Subsplash serves thousands of clients whose apps are used by millions of people every day. Our award-winning and flexible app platform is trusted by a wide range of organizations, from global brands to nonprofits, startups, ministries, and everyone in between. The Subsplash platform gives you complete control over your app. Share media, events, news, blogs, integrate with mobile giving, send out push notifications, and much more. We take care of the hard stuff, like software updates and development, so you can focus on engaging your audience. Our team of app specialists are committed to your success, from app implementation to ongoing tech support, and we'll walk with you every step of the way. As pioneers and leaders in the mobile space, Subsplash will publish your app on all major app stores, making your content and brand incredibly accessible to millions of people on their phones, tablets, and TVs. Let's take your organization to the next level and engage the mobile generation. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is Church Media Coach Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, today I welcome Ryan Holt to the podcast. Ryan shows church communicators simple, practical steps to creating stronger events, drawing higher attendance, and creating stronger buy-in from volunteers. You can check out his free 
church event promotion kit and other resources at Rad Ideas. Uh, the free tips, training, and resources he provides will help you uh, and take your church to the next level, certainly. Ryan, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Hey, Carl. Thank you. Good to be here with you today. Love to chat about this kind of stuff. Yeah, man. So uh, I love, we, we kind of got on a call a couple of months ago and kind of known each other in passing. And so, man, it's it's nice to have you on and actually kind of dig deep into some some meaty content today. You bet. You bet. I'm looking forward to it. Um, okay. So before we get rolling into the content of today's episode, I want you to give us a snapshot of who you are, what you do. Uh, you kind of run Rad Ideas and Graphics.Church. Walk me through kind of both of those. Yeah, so uh, I spent seven years as a worship pastor, worship leader, uh, and then transitioned into a communications role where I spent like the last 15 years. And so Rad Ideas really is kind of what came out of that experience of feeling like I had learned some things on the pastoral leadership side, and I had also learned some things on the communication side uh, and had the benefit of working in some small churches, some big churches, and seeing what each of those struggled with and really where the commonalities were. And so Rad Ideas was an extension of of me realizing, you know what, I, I think I could do for more, do what I'm doing for one church in really for more churches. And and broaden that out and be able to speak into some things where, you know, if I wasn't there every day, uh, stuck in some meetings and those things that you feel like, you know, you just pull out your hair about, but was able to help with strategy and help with design that I could work with a host of churches and really broaden their influence and help them learn from what I had learned in that 20 years of experience. So what's the difference between rad ideas and graphics.church? Walk me through that. So, uh, Rad Ideas is more of what I would call spec project work and strategy. So, hey, let's work through a long-term strategy. Let's figure out we have a project-specific thing that's coming that we need to have done. Um, you know, it's a seasonal thing. It's it's a book. It's something like that. Graphics.Church is more of an ongoing service where I'll work with the church and say, hey, for the next six months, we're going to provide design services Every month for your church, we're going to kind of outline, you know, what services are coming, what events are coming, what ministry things. It's a way for a church to uh, get access to high quality design without having to have a full time person and the expense of a full time person on their staff. So uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's a monthly plan. So kind of walk me through how you uh, who your clients are and what, what they're uh, what you're charging them a month or what, what's the structure look like? Yeah. So uh, for most of those churches, there's there's a couple different plans and it has to do with how much you need from a deliverable standpoint. Uh, and there's two tiers. One is uh, pretty much unlimited design and strategy. So we get on calls, we work through what's coming uh, and we really kind of build out, you know, three months from now, we know this is coming two months from now kind of thing. And we work backwards so that there's design, but there's also that element of some of what you would get if you had a team member, you know, on staff. And then there's a, a little bit lower tier where essentially I'm doing for most churches, five, six projects a month. And that's mostly just design. They say, hey, we have a sermon series coming in two weeks. We've already worked through the details uh, and we just need someone to do the 
you know, the physical design work for that. So kind of depending on which tier you're in, the pricing structure is like uh, $6.99 to $9.99, kind of depending on how much. And, and I've got some flexibility there based on the needs, as I'm sure you've actually alluded to some with your clients, that some clients need a little more, some need a little less. And so we have some flexibility just yeah. based on the workload to kind of figure out which of those and where in that package is really going to be best you know, for us to have ongoing services. So you hit on something that I really want to talk about in this episode, and that is strategy. So you not only do design, but you do a strategy, help churches with their kind of communications plan and and strategy. So today we're going to be talking mainly to that communications uh, person in a church. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think this does relate to other church leaders because we want to talk about how to get them ahead in sermon series. We want to talk about uh, that it's not just a a quick uh, down and dirty design, that there needs to be some some strategy first that goes into it. So I really want to hit on some of those things. Um, So uh, we are talking to communications people again, but I think we're also talking to the people who plan, prepare, and execute wor- the worship experience as a whole. Very much okay? so. So walk me through that. You're in that mindset that strategy comes first and then yeah. design comes next. So kind of give us an overview on that. So really what I what I see a lot of churches doing, and this is something that uh, we struggled with in, in the last church I was at, was um, we thought about the actual event. We planned what we were working on. But we didn't always think about the communication side of how are we going to invite people to it? How are we actually going to get people there? How far in advance do we need to be talking about things? So we would spend weeks and weeks and weeks planning an event. And then I'd, I'd be contacted by one of the ministries and they'd say, hey, now we need the promotions for it. And it's like, awesome. When is this event? Well, it's in two weeks. How long have we been working on this? Well, for like three months. Okay. Maybe we need to we'll get it done for you this time, but let's back things up a little bit here and let's start thinking a little earlier, a little sooner in the process so that people have an opportunity to engage with what we're talking about, to actually make a decision, to check their calendars. Um, you know, gone are the days of announced it on Sunday and the person makes a mis- you know, makes a decision sitting there you know, in the pew that they're going to attend something. Um, It usually takes more than that. And so that's kind of what I really like to lead with is helping a church begin to say, okay, let's go a little, a little ways back as we plan these things out. Mm. Okay. So um, uh, there was something that you said there that I wanted to uh, get at in that. uh, Walk me through a church who comes to you and says that. So you say, we're going to get it done this time. Yep. But walk me through the steps that you would take to say, hey, okay. here's what we're going to do next time or ongoing. So walk me through how you get them to a place to, where okay. they're thinking ahead. Okay. So what I like to see uh, in the churches I worked in, we found that the majority of families were in the building about two times every five to six weeks. Okay. And so that impacted for us. And if you look at Barna, that pretty much is in keeping with the Barna numbers as well. So that impacted for us the way we thought about how we were going to share things, because we realized we can't wait until the last two weeks, because we're only going to talk to a third of the building or the third of the people in front of us. So 
let's start thinking about our communications in five to six week chunks. So if I have an event, let's look at the event date and let's go back six weeks and say, we need to start communicating about this event at some level five to six weeks before. Okay, that's great. Now let's think back, how long is it going to take us to create those things for social, those things that are going to go on the screens, those things the pastors are going to use, the invite cards that are going to be handed out. Is this a group who needs a postcard? Is this a group who needs phone calls? You know, looking at some of those dynamics and saying, how long is it going to take us to create those? Probably for the typical church, two to three weeks to dream them, build them, refine them, get them into our hands. Okay. So now we're six weeks back. So we can do the announcement. You know, we can actually promote it. Well, we've gone back another three weeks, two to three weeks to actually create those things. And then I say, all right, how long, how much of the process of the planning does the communications help uh, person need to be a part of? Is that a week? You know, do they need to ha have an idea of what's coming? So is it two weeks? And so then we look and we go, okay, we, we're six weeks back. We're two to three weeks back. We're one to two weeks back. Wow, that's like 10 to 12 weeks before the event. We need to be having our first conversations with the communications team. Uh, and that's in a church that is being fairly conservative in what they're creating. Uh, you know, if we're needing to go shoot video, we've got to get B-roll. We've got to get, you know, uh, testimonies from last year. You know, it may take a little longer than that. Um, but that's a good, I found that's a good solid basis then for us to say, all right, let's just, let's just calendar it back. Okay, here's, and let's put some timelines in where we're going to talk about it. We're going to start the conceptualization process. It's one of those things really with, Whoever the person is, your contact on staff, for them, it's so important to have relationships built with your team and with your staff members. I found sometimes I'd find things out in a staff meeting and I'd have to just go knock on a door and say, hey, you said you have something coming. Can we talk about that? I know it's three months out, but now's the time for us to start thinking about this because really in two weeks, I need to start working on this. Mm -hmm. And so just just helping people see that on a calendar so they begin to say oh i get it you know um i understand now why you're asking us to come to you earlier because it isn't that you don't want to be helpful you actually want to be so helpful that you want to be intentional about those items we create and then how we deliver them so right. that our people actually have enough time to have them in their hands yeah, and if they're delivered, if it's a two-week turnaround, a lot of times churches will will be on that two-week turnaround constantly, mm -hmm. and then it, it feels sloppy. It, it can come across yep. very sloppy or thrown right. together, or people don't have all the information that they need or don't know where to send people to. Right. I mean, like all that involved. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, there, there are a lot of churches also that want results from their communications and events, but they're not maybe seeing the response or the result that they want. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of walk me through how they can see a better response from their promotions or some of their communications efforts. Okay. So I'm a big proponent that, um, that we want to talk about less, but in more ways. 
um, that really that there is a threshold at which you marginally know about an event. And when you kind of cross that line of knowing enough that you're going to make a conscious decision about attending um, and the statistics on it vary a little. It's somewhere between seven and eight times you've got to have touched a piece of information is what the typical person before they're going to make a decision about what they're going to do with it. So I like to see churches find ways to talk about something in multiple channels so that they can increase the probability of people interacting with it seven times. Now, I, I get pushed back from some of my friends in the communications realm about it because they're like, you're, you're saying stuff too many times. Well, for me, I'm not talking about 52 things. I'm talking about one thing multiple times in multiple ways. So during that like six weeks promotion time, you know, one channel might be invite cards that people who've been connected in the past are handing to people. You know, they're inviting face to face. Hey, my friend, I know they need a study like this. Would you come with me on Thursday night to this class? You know, um, that we're looking at, okay, over that six weeks period of time, how can we use social to tell this story through video, through um, Instagram stories, through, you know, image clips and, you know, two sentence testimonies of someone who was a part of this, um, finding ways to take it beyond the information of there's an event coming, there's a new sermon series, there's something to really inspire people with the potential of the life change and showing that to people visually, showing it through stories we share, through short snippets that we put into our social posts, um, taking those same clips and reusing them on Sunday, you know, in a two minute video format, um, really finding ways to repurpose it because the reality is we have limited time. We have limited resources. So if we, if we create things that are all one-offs, you know, it's great, but we've spent a lot of time creating stuff that isn't going to be engaged with a ton of times. Whereas if I could take the same video clip and use it in three short things on social and I can use it on Sunday, then the cool thing is that person who's sitting in the pew says, Hey, I, I heard part of this story in social. This is, this is really cool, but this is like a longer piece of it now on Sunday. And I, I'm catching a little more vision of it. Um, but it also then gives you a chance to make sure, and you alluded to this a moment ago, that you, even your volunteers know what's going on. Yeah. That when someone comes on Sunday, there's nothing worse than someone walking up. I heard an announcement and they said something and they are at the welcome center now and they're asking for details and they get that blank stare from the person because the person just doesn't know all the details. And it's it's not even it's not an issue with them. They no one shared them with them. Right. You know? So right. they just can't fill in the gaps. And so it it gives you an opportunity to make sure even your lead team, your out front visitor, you know, guest relationship people know about, they may not know about the 50 things going on at your church, but they at least know the three things that are coming in the next quarter. Right. You know, so that, or they know who to ask. Right. You know, so that those relationships happen. Okay. So walk me through a couple of maybe <coughs> mistakes that communications teams make. We have two that I want to hit on. One okay. is, Incomplete planning. Walk yep. me through that. Okay. So um, 
part of it really comes back to that timeline I talk about where I walk people back from the event. Um, and, and that's really the first piece of it. The other piece is that we go in and we're, okay, here's the things it, what I found a lot of times is, is churches would come and they'd say, here's the five things we need. We're going to promote this event. Okay. That's great. I like where you're thinking. Tell me a little bit about the event. First of all, who's coming to this event? Who are you dreaming is going to come to this event? Um, not who you're hoping, but I mean, who, who do you know is going to come without a shadow of a doubt? And then who are you trying to reach? Okay. Based on those people, how are we going to talk about this? How are we going to share about this, this opportunity that our church is, is offering? Um, and we start thinking, okay, it's a, a event for retired people that meets in the middle of the day on Tuesdays and does these three things. Okay. Probably based on who we're talking to, social media is probably not what we want to use. Phone calls, emails, maybe even a written invite from a team member. How many people are you expecting in the building? Well, we only expect 20. Okay. What Sunday school classes can we talk about this in? What so we're thinking strategically, not just we have an event and we're going to blast it out there to everyone, but we have something that is specific to a group of people. Okay, it's a youth event. Awesome. Don't make phone calls. You know, we're going to do text messages. We might email parents so parents are aware, but students aren't going to read an email. We've got to be using social. We've got to be telling stories, invite cards, you know, or like rave card kind of things that you know, that students could be using, but we're, we're thinking in that planning stage about the whole of who we're trying to reach, what we're trying to say. We aren't just saying, this is how we've always done it. So these are the five things we're going to do, but we're strategically looking at what we're trying to say, who we're trying to get in the room so that we build a comprehensive plan, not just one that follows, you know, the way it's always been done. Good. Um, okay, so talk to me about this one I'm really interested in. So talk to me about inadequate resources. Now, I'm going to set you up here. So <laughs> okay. So I love some of the, the notes that you sent me on this, and that is that uh, a lot of times teams will put a lot of energy, focus, resources, money into the actual event, yep. but not enough resources into the planning and promoting and strategy behind the event. Right. Love that. Walk me through that. Yeah. So um, it, it's always interesting to me that when we sit to make and, and I was guilty of this, which is why I understand this is um, as a worship pastor, I would say, OK, we've got this worship event coming and we'd work through the details and I figure out, OK, it's going to cost X number of dollars to put on this event. We've got, a, you know, these expense lines um, and that's awesome. Well, what I failed to take into account always was we need to have something in the budget that says, I've got to promote this. Like, I need a few dollars to print something. I need some money for postage. I need uh, to run some social media ads. Some, so that we're thinking not just about, you know, we have $200 budget for this event, but how are we going to get it? into the hands of people and what's that physically going to cost us not in time and people hours 
but physical dollars. Um, and what does that translate to? And if it's a ticketed event, maybe it means you need to be thinking adding a couple dollars to the cost of every ticket because you've got to get information into people's hands. You know, the reality is um, you can get marginal return just by talking about something, but with the power, especially of social media and personal invites, like for a few dollars, you can get information into people's hands. And all of a sudden your event can go from 20 people in the room to 30, 40, 50 in the room. And you go, Hey, we spent a couple hundred bucks promoting this thing. And all of a sudden, like the energy of in the room from people and the lives we impacted went through the roof. And so what I really like to see churches do is begin to think, let's, let's look at the overall, you know, budget item of, of this event, this program we're doing, and what percentage can we put into making sure we do promotions so that we actually, you know, we have paid for it, or we're at least thinking through how are we going to cover this? Do I need to go find someone in the church who would help sponsor this event and give us a hundred bucks to promote it? You know, um, is there someone whose life has been changed by this mm -hmm. ministry in the past who would help us underwrite, making sure more people hear about it this time? So uh, you've also talked about uh, how to widen <laughs> your circle. And yep. and I want to ask you, is this, do you mean leadership here? How do we get our team on board earlier? Uh, so I predominantly, yes, from a leadership standpoint, um, and really making sure that as early in the process, we can be talking to those um, at a staff or senior leadership level, but also those people who are our key volunteers. Right. Um, yep. And I like to see <clears throat> churches go so far as to put like a one page ministry explanation together in their planning to say, here is um, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's who we're trying to reach. Here's the five most important details. And um to actually walk your volunteers, especially like your welcome and greeting team through those to hand them, you know, a piece of paper that says, this is coming in two months. People are going to start asking questions in the next two weeks. Please review this. And if nothing more, at least look at the paper, be able to answer their questions and give them the information on that call to action line. Who do they call? Where do they find it online? Just so that you've begun to get buy-in from those people. You've begun to spread the information out amongst more people. Um, you find also that your team all of a sudden will go, this sounds really cool. Like, I think I need to be at this. I I would have been out in the parking lot moving cars and completely missed this announcement. Missed, I wouldn't have gotten an invite card. I would, but I think I know a friend who I work with who really needs to be at this event. Um, and it's because you're widening the circle there and making sure. And also in the process, you'll find if you miss something. And I would rather find out yeah. from my leadership team that I missed something <laughs> than find out on Sunday when we talked about it and five people come out asking the exact same question. Yeah, that's real good. Good. So um, I, it's, it's just a way to, you know, kind of keep reinforcing things internally and making sure you've got buy-in. 
So I love that too, because uh, buy-in and ownership too. And we talked, we referred to this earlier, like your guest services, your first impressions, people. I, I like the fact that this approach is not dependent on me as the leader of this event necessarily. Mm-hmm. For instance, all everybody on my team has all the information they need to answer questions. Yes. So it also, for a guest to come into your church and to, let's say you're announcing something in a worship experience, uh, then you come back out, you go to guest services, and then you ask that person about an announcement. It's not that guest services person going, uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, exactly. Let me find out who's leading that event, and I can get you some. It's they know. Yeah. Not only do they know they're invested, they know the answers they can get. So it, it, it makes things move quicker. One, it makes your church look more on top of things. Yep. Like it, it just helps all around. Yeah. Um, you know, so I love it. So um, good. One thing that our welcome group did, we had uh, an amazing lady who who uh, oversaw the volunteers at the Welcome Center. And she would make sure that there was a copy of everything like on the counter or in a three ring binder, mm-hmm. or she would have stacks of any promotional items we had created that were connected to those. So when someone came out, they'd be like, just a second, I can flip. Here's the details. Let me give you the details. Let me hand you whatever it is promotional or, you know, I can let me let me write down who you're supposed to call, what email to go to. There was um, there was no question they were able to provide it and they didn't have to pull it off the top of their head like it was we had we had created it for them. So they were ready to go. So one thing that we've shared just through workshops that I've done or content that we've created is on your announcement slides in your worship experience Mm -hmm. or even on social media, keep your content to a minimum on those mediums. For instance, if this is a slide in your worship experience, don't have, I got an email, so-and-so put their email address and then call Aunt Susie and then, you know, all this, just put the URL. Yeah. Or put visit here or see guest services. Yep. Then I'm sending them out and guest services has all the information. But what we find too it, or is on the backside that the guest services person doesn't have the information that they need. So you're kind of meshing those two things together. And it's yeah. very, very important for that guest services person, first impressions people to have all the information that they need to, to share that. Right. And I also found that by putting it on paper, especially if I would post it as the communications person or even the ministry leader, it kept the details in front of me as well, because I'd be planning an event for three months from now, but I'd have eight other things in my ministry, you know, that were the weekly things. And it was really easy to get details confused. And if I could always review, even as the ministry leader to go, right. Okay, we shared. Oh, I didn't share that. I got to go back and make sure they know that. Okay, now we've shared that, you know, but it just kept the information in front of everybody. Huge difference. Right. Okay, so what can a church do to improve how people engage with my communication? So maybe a complaint that I would have is I sent it out. Why aren't people? I don't understand why people aren't responding. I don't understand why I'm not getting the response or the result that I want. What would you say to that? Uh, the first thing I would say is you've really got to look at the message you're sharing and figure out how to clarify it. Um, I I think we as a as a staff can get so close 
to the actual thing we're doing that we forget what it's like to be out in the pews um, and only hear about things a couple times. Um, growing up, my dad was a worship pastor and I remember my mom talking about this a lot. She's like, you've lived with this for weeks and we've heard about it twice. Um, and I, I, I remember hearing her say that a lot and I never totally got it until I stepped out of our church role and, and moved into helping a bunch of organizations. So I wasn't on staff at one church anymore. Then it's at a different level because I wasn't part of this meeting three weeks ago. I wasn't in the team leadership thing. I have a question, like four of my questions got answered, but I have a question still about that communication. Now I've got to go find out the answer if I'm really interested. And so what it, the big thing for me is find ways to clarify that message because the people don't have as many opportunities to engage. So clarify it, but also make sure, as you just mentioned, that you've got a simple, easy next step call to action. You're going to the Welcome Center. You're going to that URL. There's no question of if I need more information, where I'm supposed to go. So, so, so what about, <clears throat> is there anything I can do on, on social media or with my communication, like uh, stories or testimonies? Is there anything that I can do to make sure that my, my message is more clear? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I really love to see people's stories connected to the life change possible um, because it's so easy to inform and not inspire. And if I can see a hint of myself in someone else's story, I begin to think differently about whether this event is for me. And so if we can find ways and the beauty of social is it's really it's made it so much easier and kind of democratize video that, you know, I can walk up with my camera and you know, my phone and say, what did being here mean to you? Tell me what is one takeaway you've got from today. Um, last year, I know this event was powerful for you. Would you tell me in two sentences what you, what a difference it made in your life? And then finding ways to share those stories in social, um, you know, not feeling like you've always got to take real estate on a Sunday during a worship service to share it. Right. But finding ways to get that information out. Um, it's always cool if you share someone's story, you know, on the back end to say, would you like and comment on this? Would you share it to your timelines? Would you make sure, you know, it goes a little further, uh, you know, from your leadership team? Would you make sure when you see us share a story that you hit the share button, the like button, you get it? You know, you get that story to go a little further because we want people to understand we aren't just creating events. We're creating things that are targeted at lives change and people growing in Christ. And so if we can connect that to the story of someone um, and we can stop running from the story God has given us and let people see this is part of my life. It's a it's a growth step. There was it's important you be a part of this because if you're struggling in these same areas, you're dealing with these same issues, you need to be at this event. So uh, one thing I love about this is it's kind of a three prong approach uh, to, for results. And one is uh, to clarify your message, make sure yep. it's really clear. One is uh, what you call practice scarcity, which I love. It's basically focus on a fewer fewer things. Yep. And then repeat often. Yep. Uh, so those three things: talk, uh, clarify, t 
talk about fewer things and repeat, repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat, repeat. So, so let, let's hit on the last two there for a second. So, okay. uh, practice scarcity. So you talked about this a little bit. Yeah. And one thing that we encourage for, uh, for announcements in the realm of either video announcements or stage announcements is one, it needs to apply to 80% of the church or don't talk about it, uh, in that medium. Yeah. Uh, and two, uh, less things. It, it, it would be like me, my wife gives me a list for the grocery store. I don't write it down. I can remember maybe two, three, but when I get past three and four, my memory's just, it's, all over. it's gone. So walk me through, uh, you know, how, how you've encouraged people to talk about, uh, fewer things. You talked yeah. about this a little bit, but dive yeah. into it a little bit more. So I, I think your 80-20 rule is pretty good. Um, for us, we widened that a little. It was more like 60-40, uh, 70-30 kind of thing. But I won't get uh, mad at you for that. Yeah, but um, but really knowing is the person we're trying to reach in this body right, right. now. Like, right. are they even here? Um, are we talking just to the air? But also looking at, for me, three announcements is like the furthest I can get in and track. Um, after three, I'm going, this is kind of going on a little long. And the, the crazy part is for me, oftentimes the one that's the most important is like the fourth or fifth. It wasn't the first and second. Right. And I understand why sometimes we do that from an announcements from being the guy who was, you know, we want to leave them with the most important thing. The problem is usually we've lost people before we get to the most important thing. So if we can practice scarcity by looking at, you know, is it speaking to that 70, 80% of people in the room? So that already narrows us down, but then looking at what are those most key things in the next quarter people have to know about what, and we, we need to talk about the most times because the reality is we do a lot of things on a weekly basis that are um, recurring for most churches that we don't have to announce every Sunday that on Wednesday there's a women's Bible study and on Thursday morning there's a men's prayer group. They happen every week. We don't have to announce. They are not the most important thing. But that outreach event our church is hosting the Easter services that we are hoping to have 200 community members attend, those are the things we need to be talking about. So when I say practice scarcity, it's let's talk about those biggest things because we know the people who are already connected to us will go looking for information about other things, but they, they don't necessarily know about the big things. So we want to talk about those. But I'm a I'm a small church, and I want to make sure that all my congregation knows about everything that's going on. I mean, how would you respond to that? Uh, so for the most part, I <laughs> I laugh because I I've been there. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that um, give people one clear place to find all their information. Yeah, it is it is why in today's day and age. Social media with events and your website, more than anything, are the home base for people to come back to for information. When in doubt, go to the church website and look at the events page. What's coming? What do we need to know about? Um, you're right. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of life change possible. But at the end of the day, 
people will not hear everything we share if we share everything with them. So what are those two to three top things? Good. You know, our church has started putting a bullet list. It's if you'd like information about any of these additional items that are coming, go to go to the website. Right. So it's like we acknowledge they exist, but we right. aren't going to take time in a service to go into detail. Exactly. So hit them with one thing. And if they need information <laughs> about other things, it's it's in the bulletin. It's in the handout. It's at the yep. at, at the at the website. Yep. Uh, yeah. Or even I would just say send them to the website like they know they have the bulletin in their hand or they're passing right. it out or whatever. Like one clear call to action. Yep. Okay, so are there any other things that churches can do to make their communication more strategic? Let's kind of wrap things up uh, when we talk about strategy first. Give me kind of a bow on our discussion. Um, So I would say the number one thing you can do is become a learning organization. And, And what I mean by that is document everything. I didn't do this for years, and I kept making the same mistakes. I kept scheduling things on the same weekend as some other ministry event. Um, I kept forgetting to check with Susie in uh, children's to make sure I had childcare set up, you know, prior to the week before, things like that. Document everything. When you're in the planning stage, start writing down notes. What are we hoping to accomplish? Who are we hoping to reach? What is our vision for this? If, if we could write the post-event buzz about this event, what would people be talking about? What do we need to do to have people have that experience and talk about the opportunity that way? Document those things. And then as you're going through them, continue to say, hey, next time we ought to maybe do this different. On Sunday, we got five questions that were almost identical and they were about this. So obviously we didn't convey something clearly. We need to go back in our future communications about this and rethink how we're going to share this. Good. And then after the event is over, do a debrief with your team. What worked? What didn't work? And this isn't the time to, I like to do it quickly after an event, like the following few days, if possible. Don't blow up your event. You know, that the idea is God did something in your midst. Even if you weren't happy with everything that happened, what can we celebrate? What can we learn next time? What can we do different to make it better? And even if you don't do that exact same event again, if you can look back at your notes and say, what worked last time? What didn't? What can we learn from this so that you're constantly growing and you're getting better as an organization? As a communicator, if you have the benefit of having a communicator on staff, for them to be able to look at it and say, we've now done five of these type of events and here's the recurring hitch we had each time. Here's what we learned. These communications didn't work. These communications work better than we ever dreamed. Let's take those off the table. Let's focus on the things that really worked. But you only know that because you documented. Cool. All right. So we've talked about a lot in the last half hour. But Mm -hmm. as we're encouraging other people to do, let's be super clear on the action item. So give me one sentence. Uh, It's a challenge for you. Give me one sentence to make my communication more strategic. So talk about fewer things with greater clarity in ways to connect with people. That's what it comes down to. Cool. Okay. So good deal. 
I think this this applies to my communications. It also applies to my announcements and a worship experience, mm-hmm. uh, how I'm communicating to my congregation. So awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for your time today. You're coming back next week, so I'm super awesome. excited about that. Um, so, man, thanks so much for your time this week. You bet. Glad to be here. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. Hey guys, remember you can continue the conversation in our Making Sunday Happen Facebook group. It's a community for church leaders, staff, and volunteers who execute the weekend worship experience. Just search Making Sunday Happen today to find and join the group. If you'd like more information about this episode of our podcast, as well as helpful links, videos, PDFs, and more, plus access to our entire podcast archive absolutely free, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. Don't forget the the, thechurchmediapodcast.com. You can also watch my full interview with Ryan about strategy first communications right there on the show notes page. Next week on the show, I welcome Ryan back for another episode as we're going to be talking about why outsourcing your graphic design needs is the smart choice. We're going to break down the money, the time, the experience, why getting your design done out of house is smart and well worth your investment. That's next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.